Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. And the world, I'm turning inside out. I'm floating around in ecstasy. So. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Claire with my co-host, Billy, for my one time per episode, and my mom, because the last time we did, we recorded, I got the dead stare, so (laughs) she knows that I do that back. (laughs) I will do it back, but I don't want to go through a death stare program because, yeah. Anyways, so before we get started, I want to remind you that you can review and rate us. You can share our video. No, not videos. Recordings. You can share recordings. And you can also follow us at B-A-C-E-A podcast on Twitter. All right. That's a pretty good intro. I like it. (laughs) It's good energy. Uh, It covered all the bases. And you didn't call your mom Danielle, which is good. Um, I think that we're a bit reluctant to call uh, your mom a co-host just yet because I don't want to jinx it, but uh, I have noticed that she's been with us on the last three, three episodes now. I prefer and... enthusiastic guests. <laughs> well, I think at some point you should be uh, you should be a co-host. I just I don't want to let's uh, let's take it easy and see how it goes. I said co-host, but when we but when I messed it up and it was like Claire, I'm, I'm already t- covering for the fact that you slighted your mom. Okay, <laughs> you don't have to explain <laughs> what's going on. Um, so what are we here to talk about today? We are here to do Shaun of the Dead. And before you guys get all like mad and are like, but you said last episode at the end or something like that, that we would do the Meg next. We decided not to do the Meg because it's been so long since we watched the Meg and I forgot the movie and da- and my dad does not want to watch it again. So we just decided maybe <laughs> not to do it. So, well, so we're recording Shot of the Dead. The review of the Meg is for Claire. She enjoyed it. But it's forgettable because I don't think it was longer uh, than it was uh, from the time we saw Jaws to the time that we recorded the episode for Jaws. Uh, So I think that's a big vote in favor of Jaws. There may be some more shark movies coming on down the line, though, um, before we get to it. So but Shaun of the Dead today, huh? Yeah. All right. And the cool thing is that was my birthday movie. We watched it on my birthday, August 12th. But... Uh, we're not recording this on that day, but <laughs> if you want to say happy birthday, send some presents. <laughs> no, I'm not giving our address. Oh, okay. <laughs> like you could like say, you could be like hashtag happy birthday on like Twitter or something like that, but no creepy presents. Okay. I love presents, but I don't like people finding out our address. Okay. What would a creepy present be? I think she means presents from creepy people. Like stalkers, no. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it, fans are fine. Okay. Yeah. How do you tell the difference between a fan and a stalker? Um, a stalker would be able to know your address because if you because if you look through all the videos, we never say our address. Uh-huh. And then if someone find and then if they send a package and it's like 
from fan. You know that they're a stalker because we never said the address. I see. Yeah. So we've learned about the perils of social media. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you guys on the social medias. <laughs> um, so I guess, too, we probably should comment on the ambiance uh, for this particular recording session. All the power has gone out in the neighborhood, uh, <sighs> fortunately. It's I like, hate power outages. So when we were we were going to 7-Eleven like, like 10 minutes ago, and the power turned back on as we were backing out of the driveway. We still went to 7-Eleven to get a treat and stuff. And when we came back, as soon as we walked in the door, like a minute after, the power went out again. Yep. And it was super frustrating because I was ready after the podcast to go back inside my bed and watch YouTube until <laughs> I had to go to sleep. I really and don't like that you watch so much YouTube at all. Yeah, no. And it's I was good. full on prepared to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, there'll be no YouTube. I was ready now with my no imaginary internet. popcorn and everything. <laughs> uh, so we've but, got uh, all the candles lit up in the room, yeah. and uh, the microphones run off of a battery, anyways. Uh, so there's no problem with that. That's how we're able to record while the power's out. But there is a huge problem. Because I am not being air conditioned right now. Oh and yeah, I require climate control working. at all times. Sure, and we've got fire in the room too. It's only going to get warmer. So this episode <laughs> may either be only fifteen minutes long, uh, or it will be very long, and everyone will be very angry by the end of it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Son of the Dead for Claire's birthday movie. Um, I think the first thing that I would like to say about this is that, you know, I'm very fond of when I tell people about this podcast and what the point of the project is, is just to note that, you know, this is not about me sharing my favorite movies with Claire so that she will love the things that I love. Here's the deal with Shaun of the Dead, though. This is like one of my favorite movies of all time. This is True. that movie for me. Now, before we watch the movie, I think you were aware that I I like it very much. We've got a lot of Shaun of the Dead art throughout the house. Um, you have three Shaun of the Dead things, including that. Four. Um, four. Four. You told me three last time. I, I know. I miscounted. I forgot. We have one that's the whole Cornetto trilogy. I think that would still count. Yeah. yeah. So four things, and one of, including the... Um, cross stitch thingy that my mom made that says take car to mums kill phil sorry grab liz go to the winchester have a nice drink and wait for this to all blow over which is one of the is which is one of the plans that um uh, sean, sean. <laughs> creates and it's one of like probably if it was going to be at an alamo party place like uh -huh. when we went to see jaws that would definitely be a catchphrase everyone would love to comment on when it happens. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's one of the best scenes of the movie. Yeah. Um, but so I try not to put too much pressure on you before we watched it for you to, Claire, you have to love this movie. It's so important to me. You have to love it. Um, but how did you think of the movie after you watched it? Did you have a good time? Yeah. Okay. All right. So you liked it. But. Um, oh, jeez. What? <laughs> There's a but coming. <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, the night before my birthday, I walked out for some reason, and we ended up talking for like an hour on um, just random stuff, and towards the end, we were talking about my birthday movie, Yep. and my dad coming home said that he was full on prepared for me to say that I wanted to watch one of the It movies. Well, what I, what I had said was, you know, for your birthday, I feel like 10 is a big date. And, you know, you do have a list of movies you wanted to watch. And so my question to you was, if I said you could watch any movie that you wanted to, what would you pick? 
And then I told you after we had kind of talked about it for a little bit that I was shocked that you did not pick the It um, movie from 2017, the, the, the recent one. But even if I was going to pick it, I would not want to pick that one because that is like one of the most scariest ones. Not only because it's so modern, which means like anything that's like really scary today would be like, so it's the original It, but it's much more scarier because it's modern to, to now. Well, but I, you know, I think too, you know, one of the things that I liked about that conversation though is because, you know, we did the behind the scenes episode where you talked about wanting to watch that movie and, you know, given the choice, you as an up and coming 10 year old child are able to say, you know, I think maybe this movie's a bit beyond what I want to watch right now. I thought it was pretty good judgment, to be honest. Claire's nodding solemnly. Nodding. <laughs> Yes. I was just glad you didn't pick Annabelle because <laughs> I'm pretty sure your birthday movie is not something that I can like pass on. Like, oh, I'll catch you guys later. And we live in a house full of dolls. So I was not looking forward to that one. Yeah. I have eight dolls. And, uh, and if I were to watch Annabelle, I would definitely put them in the Wait till I'm older, Ben. <laughs> yeah, but never mind that. What about the the bin of parts? Yeah, the so, bin of parts yeah. is pretty creepy. So one of the things that our listeners may not know is that a couple of years ago, um, Claire decided that she wanted to start her own nonprofit organization. And um, so we watched YouTube videos, she and I, and we learned how to rehabilitate broken baby dolls um, to give away to various charity projects. And then we have, I think it's called um, Claire's Doll Doctors, right? Care and Share, I think is what you called your website. Yep. And that is on Facebook. Yeah. So we have um, a large bin of various parts, arms, legs, heads, wigs. Can I tell you, can I tell them one thing? Yeah. One of the creepiest things was my mom came home one my mom came home one day after work um, and she had brought a bag full of parts and and I opened and my mom said that I could open the box because it was or and I opened the bag and I and I legit screamed (laughs) because the first because the very top thing was a full doll body but on the top there was no eyes oh yeah the empty shell yeah it had no hair and no like, eyes. Creeped us out. Like we literally stole me and my sisters put it at the very bottom of the bin so that we never had to look at it. Well, and then you forgot. don't need to see Annabelle to know that uh, the skin of a doll is uh, creepy, disconcerting. <laughs> but guys, we're not here to talk about Annabelle doll parts. Then right. we're here to talk Sorry. about Shaun of the Dead. We're not even talking about Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, so let's fix that. All right, back to Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shaun of the Dead, first time watch for you. What did you think? I thought it was pretty good, but that's what I say about all movies, so don't judge me. What, that you love movies? I think loving movies is great. Yeah, but I say that it was pretty good at every single movie, and I kind of feel like the listeners are probably getting tired of me saying that, but extremely dislike is a very unlikely thing for me to do. It's almost impossible normally. Well, it sounds like you take after me in that regard. There's very few movies that I dislike, but you're right. Generalizations are no good. What was your favorite part of the movie? Definitely the planning. <laughs> and what did you th- so like? What did you think of Sean as a character? Did Did you think that he was a, a a good guy, a good boyfriend? He was a good boyfriend and stuff, but he was kind of. 
But uh, the workers, the workers, because he worked at like a mart or something like that. Mm-hmm. The workers at the company were really selfish. Oh, you think so? They were teasing him and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you s- felt for Sean. You felt like you felt bad for Sean with some of the stuff that he had to endure in the course of the movie. You connected with him. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of feel like the Winchester would be a good space, but honestly, I kind of feel like that building that they were in, that li- that um she was in. Um, Liz's apartment? Yeah, Liz's apartment. If they were to like go to like the very bottom, lock the doors, and board up all the windows, that would probably be a very safe place. And if you were, like, on the very top floor, that would actually be good if there was no, like, fire escape stair. So I I think that that is a reasonable instinct. Like, let me get up high and barricade myself in. But actually, if you watch zombie movies, you know, because there are a lot of them out there, the worst thing you can do is get pinned down in a place you can't get out of. Yeah, I agree with that. What would your plan be, Claire, if this weren't a power outage that we were in right now, if this were a zombie apocalypse? What would your plan be? I need to sleep tonight. Claire's just wide-eyed. Oh, my God! <laughs> Zombies are not real. But what would your plan be? I What I would say is that um, I was... In, you know how, like, in the country or, like, those old-time spaces, instead of having, like, a big basement Mm -hmm. they had cellars like outdoor open cellars and some houses still have that sure um if i had one of those houses that had the cellar i would go in the cellar and what would and if i had my dream house what would be in the cellar is loads of food Mm -hmm. it would basically like be a store like a Mm -hmm. store full of food that just restocks itself like magic and then i would just (laughs) live in there Hopefully there's a TV. Yeah, there's going to be a TV in there. There's going to be Wi-Fi. There's going to be power. And just like wait for this all to blow over, I'd literally just lock lock the thing and I'd just chill in the basement. I think you and Sean are on the same wavelength as far as riding out the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Well, what else should we talk about for Shaun of the Dead, do you think? I loved like the drama of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, drama, like, him and Liz broke up. Um, he had to kill his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, How'd you feel about that? Honestly, if she had told them, if when he called her on the phone, it was like, I'm on my, my over to pick you up, and she lied and said that she didn't get bit, or maybe she got bit when going out or something like that, instead of lying on the phone, which is probably when she got bit because the zombies came in her house, she said, um, she probably got bit then because she probably had her sleeve up. I would have told him on the phone and then he could have come and probably like chopped the whole arm off mm-hmm. and then just let it turn into a zombie or something like that that like probably can't move because it has no brain. Mm-hmm. I had the, um, the like what looks like a peace sign and then you like, <laughs> yes, you finger quoted quotes. <laughs> so I put up finger quotes around <laughs> zombie arm. So there's this idea that maybe if you chop off the part that's been bit, you could yeah. survive the zombie attack. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of think then that she may have done herself in by choosing not to bother her son about the fact that she had been uh, bit. What I think is probably what happens is that the zombie um, infection, just like when you get sick, the infection goes through your blood. Sure. Probably the infection of the zombie, because I'm pretty sure in one movie they said that it was a sickness. Okay. Basically. So, like, um, 
the, it would go through your blood to your body and then spread out. Mm-hmm. But if you were to cut the body part off, then the blood would only just pop right out there and then the arm would turn into a zombie mm-hmm. kind of but you wouldn't because it would because the blood would never reach you as long as you don't touch it it depends on the zombie movie for how they're thinking about their version of the zombie virus you know it's like um with vampires the way that they transmit vampirism and make other vampires and the way that they feed is is pretty dialed in most stories that use vampires as characters Kind of share in the same rules and stuff like that. I totally disagree. Do you think so? I absolutely disagree. I think it falls generally into two camps when you're talking about vampires. Sure, sure, sure. But there's there's the, if you're bit, you turn into one 100% of the time. Right. And then there's the other camp where it's like, you know, it's some sort of ritual that has to occur. Usually, um, like, they bite you and then you have to drink their blood or something of that nature. I guess what I mean to say is that for the most part, that mythos is pretty dialed in, however they execute on it. So there's there's a couple flavors of it, like you say. I think that how zombies act across the genre is dialed in pretty similarly in that way. You, you have the, like the slow Romero zombies or you have the faster modern zombies that are angry and they run and all that sort of stuff. And those are pretty solid. But the the cause of the zombie virus is you like it, it really comes down to whatever that filmmaker wants to say. Uh, did it you know it could be a a space probe came back with a space virus or something um or it's a a voodoo depending on how far back you go with zombie culture and all that sort of stuff Um, chicken nuggets right or chicken nuggets with cooties and that's i mean you know that's another question is are those kids zombies i don't know you know in the rules of the genre like that movie plays like a zombie movie but are they actually zombies maybe they're like very sick kids and maybe their like brain isn't working right and they're like, <laughs> and they're and like maybe in that thing, the most popular thing was zombies. So their brain reacts to the most, the most thing that they're watching, and then maybe they act like zombies, even though they're not really. I love that interpretation. Um, I I think the interesting thing about a zombie movie is that you kind of have to figure out the rules of the movie, right? And I don't know, in Shaun of the Dead, or the, do the rules of the zombie movie, could he have saved her? I'm not sure. That's an interesting question. I don't think I've ever thought, could he have saved his mom? I mean, he was always going to kill Phil. That was the whole plan, right? That's yeah. on the... <laughs> kill Phil. Kill Sorry. Phil. <laughs> um, but, but his plan was always to save his mom. Um, but does Sean fail to save his mom because he fails to consider the rules of the zombie virus and pay attention to what's going on around him? I think it was his mom's fault. You think so? For not telling him in the first place. Because when he making his plan, he had already called his mom. And his mom said that she didn't get bit when she was... Maybe she didn't. And maybe she got bit going to the car. I think she gets bitten in the backyard. You know when they're they're crossing all those backyards, going over the fences. What you've never taken a shortcut before? Exactly. (laughs) Um, And and she keeps saying, "I think I know people who live here." Um, And then they look around. They're like, "Wait, where's Barbara?" And which is hilarious, by the way, that her name is Barbara. Um, Did you get that reference? Do you remember who Barbara is? So in the in the original no. Night of the Living Dead, the black and white zombie movie that you and I watched together that kind of gave me the idea for the podcast. Um, Wait, the, wasn't one of the main characters like the with the man at the at the, at the yeah, grave? Yeah, was Barbara. And at the beginning of the movie, her brother is like, they're coming to get you, Barbara. 
And which is why it's hilarious when Ed goes, we're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at any rate, when she disappears and they're like, wait, where's Barbara? And then they go back and find her and there's a zombie in his pajamas. Remember that scene? I think like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's who bit her. They, they don't show it, but I, I that's my guess. But it is interesting that she chooses not to tell him. And does that seal her fate? Well, it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting twist. You know, a lot of this movie is is taking the traditional zombie movie mm-hmm. and giving it kind of a humorous spin or a different spin. Uh, like one of my favorite scenes in that movie is in the very beginning of the zombie apocalypse when everybody else seems to be aware of what's happening. Sean's just going about his day like he always does, completely oblivious to the fact that there are zombies all around him. Yeah. Because he's so accustomed to just doing his routine without paying attention. Um, And the people around him are also kind of apathetic and, you know, they're kind of sluggish, even when they're not zombies. Have you you talked about metaphors and stuff in school yet, Claire? Do you know what a metaphor is? I don't know the difference between all three of them, but... I kind of know what a metaphor is, but I don't really understand. So zombies and what the characters are, are sort of a metaphor for what your mom is talking about as far as how Sean lives his life. Um, That's kind of one interpretation of a zombie, right? Like if you see somebody who's zoned out just going through their day, not really paying attention to it, you might even in a conversation say, oh man, that guy's just a zombie right now. You know, they're really, they're not thinking, they're not considering the stuff that's going around them. They're not interacting with the world around them. They're not active participants in their lives. And that's kind of Sean's problem. Well, and another interpretation that jumps to my mind is um, people who are experiencing such extreme stress that they're just trying to get from one step to the next and they don't really have the capacity to pay attention to what's going on around them. Sure. That's where the expression "mombi" came from is that... Um, what? Well, yeah, you've never heard of a mombi, Dad? Is There's t-shirts and everything, but it's a reference to the fact that moms, especially the ones of young children, um, a lot of times they kind of withdraw socially. They don't have a lot of interaction with friends and um, they don't have hobbies and things like that because their whole day is just like... Trying to survive. I mean, I'm familiar with the overwhelming responsibility of a mom of young children. <laughs> no, I know that, but I meant like the the, the expression. Wait, so if you're familiar, that. does that mean you're some t- somehow a mom? I mean, I I I am very uh, close and personal with a mom. I have a mom. I know a mom. I'm married to a mom. Love how you keep looking at me like, yes, Claire, he's talking about me. I know that he's talking about you. Oh, okay. But yeah, so I mean, um, I think that's one of the great things about Shaun of the Dead is that, you know, um, we were talking a little bit about how many references there are in this movie to other zombie movies, like his mom's name being Barbara. And we're coming to get you, Barbara, you know, (laughs) and that kind of being a riff on Night of the Living Dead. Um, There's a lot of that. But he doesn't let that get in the way of telling what I think is a really terrific zombie story about a not-so-young man who has to become an active living participant in his life, or else he's just going to waste away and end up like the sad old fuckers in the bar, um, like Liz says, Mm -hmm. uh, just drinking their lives away. Mm -hmm. Um, But But drinking kind of saves them. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's true it a that's bit. true uh but it, it's interesting though i think it's interesting because in almost all zombie films 
there's going to be a point where somebody in the party gets bitten sure. and they conceal it, usually because they don't want to be murdered. Well, yeah, that's a major trope in zombie movies. Right. If you get bit, the rest of your friends immediately say, I don't know how long until you turn, so I'm just going to so murder gonna you now. I'm going to kill you right now. Or I'm going to put you out of this safe place and right. you're on your own, which is equally terrifying. Um, and so I think it's interesting that in this film, you don't have any of that. No. You know, um, Phil, who is bitten uh, before Sean arrives, that's Sean's stepfather, is totally unaware that the zombies are even a thing. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's hooligans, you know, because <laughs> in the way of old men that want children off their lawn. Um, you know, he think he thinks that's responsible for all of the rioting and whatnot. Um, and so he's unaware that he is a danger to the rest of the group. And then Barbara says that she conceals her bite because she doesn't want to worry Sean. And I, and I tend to believe her. I don't think that that was disingenuous. Um, and nobody else in their party gets bitten except for Ed. And he makes no attempt to hide it. Not that he could because everybody saw it. Well, it's Ed, I don't uh, remember. Ed is Sean's friend. The best friend. Um, no, but you know, the only person who gets mad is, um, the one, uh, the other guy, Dav, uh, Dav, who loves, uh, Liz, Mm -hmm. the Uh, one who had the gun and was threatening to kill his mom. Right. And then was like, I'll shoot through your head if you don't get out of the way. Mm -hmm. And that, that tense standoff that happens in that moment is very much like a classic zombie movie trope where, you know, somebody gets bit and somebody doesn't take it well and they want to fix the problem right now. And all of a sudden, tensions are raised a lot. Um, but before she actually dies, there's a remarkably small amount of tension over the fact that she's been bit and could now turn into a zombie and get them. But I don't know, maybe that has more to do with the fact that Shaun of the Dead zombies are slow-walking zombies instead of fast-walking zombies. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to be said for that because um, if if the zombie, if your first inclination that the zombie transformation has occurred is when the person springs at you, you're probably going to be more aggressive about a proactive approach than if they kind of shamble, you know. Wait, but you were like talking about like in a party and that sort of thing. Who would be the one to bite you? Because wouldn't they realize if a person, if a zombie walked into the party? So by party, I mean like your group of people, not like a, not like a birthday party type party. Um, and it, it varies from one film to the next. Um, in Night of the Living Dead, it's the little girl and she's bitten before they ever arrive at the house. She just um, seems sick and they right, don't Right, they understand. just think she's sick. And they put her down and then the girl murders her both of her parents. Yeah, it kills both of her parents. Yeah. And then they become zombies. Yeah, 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 exactly. Doesn't she kill them again when they're zombies? Like try to kill them again? No, 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 no. She um she does she does kill them and then they turn to zombies. But like that, I think, you know, in Night of the Living Dead, that scene is the art like that's the original scene really that kind of propagates across all of the rest of the zombie movies as people do that. What I was kind of interested in, remember, um one of the the girl who was dating the guy who was gonna shoot through Phil's head to get the mom, like remember she walks out with like something to kill all the zombies with. They never ever show her again, but I'm kind of but they don't even show her as a zombie. So I'm kind of interested to think if like if there was going to be a Shaun of the Dead 2 where it like oh, yeah. shows Does all about her sure. walking out, like maybe she doesn't get killed and maybe that's why you don't see her as a zombie again. Yeah. Or maybe she gets killed and they eat her bodies out. I don't know, but that would be pretty interesting if they were to do a second one and then she would and then it would be all about her turning out her life 
and turning out that she doesn't actually turn into a zombie. Well, she's a really fascinating character because her boyfriend is in love with Liz and stays kind of in Liz's orbit because he can't let go of her, but is now dating her mm-hmm. because just to be as close like a, to Liz. just to be close to Liz. And I don't think that he's without affection for her. And I don't think he it's that he's using her so much. I think he's just kind of a jerk. Um, But she's as she says in the movie, she made her peace with that a long time ago. And so should he like her character and her willingness to be in that relationship is interesting. And you could almost do a Shaun of the Dead 2 story where she beats her way through all of this undead madness and has to go out and remake her own life like that's. I, I think that she's a very sympathetic character to Sean. Yeah, and which makes sense because people tend to be sort of attracted to the same personality. Sure. I think, you know, so like uh, you, a lot of times you'll see someone where their partner and their best friend are remarkably similar mm-hmm. personality traits and stuff. Um, So maybe that's sort of who Liz draws in. I definitely think that she could have survived that. I mean, Sean busts through the crowd of zombies and comes back. Sure, yeah. Just fine. Um, the fact that we never see her again, I think it's sort of tacitly implied that she's dead, but she definitely could have made it out of there. I mean, you could argue that she pays the she pays with her life for her inability to let go of the boyfriend that doesn't love her very much, that she can't fix that. Like, I need to not be alone, so I will settle for this man who I'm not his number one anything. Um, and that because she can't fix that and change as a person, she she pays the price. That's I I would be curious to to see a movie honestly with yeah her, I know kind of I've up. I have seen that movie so many times it's never occurred to me that maybe she didn't get eaten yeah uh, so it's interesting Claire that you that that was on your first watch a question that came to your mind so what I was gonna say though about you know speaking about people who kind of shambled through their lives not paying attention to anything. Did you notice that the opening part where Sean goes down to the local shop to get a soda and comes back in the morning matches exactly shot for shot when he goes the morning after the zombie apocalypse to go down to the shop to get a drink? I remember like looking and there was like three like red bloody handprints Mm -hmm. on the fridge Mm -hmm. and he doesn't even see it. Mm-hmm. There's blood all over one of the shelves. Remember, I don't know if you saw it, but like when it the scene where he's walking through the door. If you look, so like I'm looking this way, so I'm looking towards that red thingy painting. Mm-hmm. Um, on the left side there was a little white shelf. The what? So if you pay attention, before the zombie apocalypse, the night that he goes to Winchester and it starts, it's completely white. When he goes back the next day. It's solid red. Mm-hmm. Unless if they somehow got another one in the night, it's probably covered with blood because the snacks are red too. Oh, for sure. But did you notice like in the first morning before the zombie apocalypse, he gives a, a man uh, with a dog his change. The man is, is begging for change and he gives him a bunch of change. Um, when he walks by... Uh, the man is there holding a dog leash, but it, and is now a zombie. And in the morning of before, he's going down, and there's a jogger that runs by him and almost bumps into him because Sean or Sean almost bumps into the jogger because he's not paying attention. On the morning after the zombie apocalypse, there's still a jogger, but it's a person running 
away from the zombies now. And like Sean is not able to tell the difference in any of this stuff, but it's really, it's like a very subtle thing. I think that kind of Edgar Wright does that like makes that point really hit home. Did, I don't remember if I said this. I'm pretty sure I did. But did you did you notice that when he was at the thing and he was switching through the channels, did you notice that right before every single time they were talking about the... Well, they were talking about the zombies. There was like a there was the first attack where it was like mm-hmm. there in the thing. He's skipping through and every single channel is talking about that. And there's one of those trucks mm-hmm. in the thing. When he's walking out... Three of those trucks pass right by him outside the door. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm, when he's at his mm-hmm. house, he's flipping through every single channel, missing mm-hmm. the zombie part every single time. That's one of the reasons that I love this movie so much is because the, like, the, the script itself is full of fun characters and there's good comedy and it's still a good zombie movie. But his writing and the construction of the movie, everything that's set up has a payoff. So exactly like you said, you see those trucks on the TV that are in the news saying this is who's going to respond to some weird event. And he goes out and he looks out of the shop. And now there are those those trucks there in his town. So the script is setting something up for you and it's paying it off. And Shaun of the Dead is a movie from start to finish is set up, pay off, set up, pay off. And everything is so tightly written like that. And what is that called, Dad? When every object has a purpose. There's a thing called Chekhov's gun, which is basically says that if in the first act of a play, there is a gun hanging over like a fireplace as a display just in the background, that by the third act of the play, somebody has to shoot that gun. And the point isn't so much about putting guns in plays and making people use them as much as it is every single thing that you put on the screen or on your set or have your actors walk around should be there with a purpose and that purpose should eventually pay off. And so an example of that thing paying off is the TV uh, newscaster talking about these trucks coming in and then a a scene or two later you see these trucks are now there. Um, And there are a lot of examples of that type of thing through what he's doing uh, with his writing through the course of the movie. So I think we've we've talked about a bunch of stuff. Construction of the movies, zombie movies, all that sort of stuff. How many zombie movies have you seen now, Claire? Counting kids ones? Sure. Okay. Well, list them, because our listeners cannot see you counting through your <laughs> fingers. Okay. Zombies, the kids movies that's on Disney Channel. Okay. Um, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Cooties. Cooties, yeah. Anna and the Apocalypse. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's five. There's another one I saw on my own that I was just watching random movies. Ooh, ooh, um, isn't it the about the one where they kill the um, where they kill the millionaire on accident? Because oh, you watched Zombieland. That's right. <laughs> That's where they did kill she? Bill Murray on accident. I love yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah. I didn't know Claire watched that. Yeah, she. All did. right, so six zombie movies. So you got a pretty pretty healthy spattering of zombie movies. Are you enjoying your tour through the zombie genre? Yeah. Yeah. We need to show her that uh, New Zealand zombie flick whose title escapes me at the moment. I Survived a Zombie Holocaust? Yes. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Is it Holocaust or Apocalypse? Holocaust. Oh, I Survived okay. a Zombie Holocaust with uh, 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 Guy Pigden and Harley Neville. Guy Pigden writes and directs and uh, Harley Neville stars as the guy who survives a zombie holocaust. So they're shooting a zombie movie, basically. And uh, Harley plays uh, like a kid who's sort of a gopher uh, that works for the director and all this sort of stuff. But they're making a zombie movie. And then their zombie movie is attacked by a zombie outbreak. 
and they have to figure out how to survive it. That's a pretty fun zombie movie. I enjoy it. That one and the um, the T-shirt you just got. Oh, One Cut of the Dead. Dude, you got to watch One Cut of the Dead. 100% we're going to show that to you. I think that that's out on streaming right now. In fact, um, I had forgotten that that was out and available. Uh, One Cut of the Dead. You know what? Don't Google One Cut of the Dead, uh, folks. If, if, if it's on streaming and you have access to it, just see if it's available and watch it. Um, it's super special. Hang with it for the first 30 minutes and see where it goes. It's a really amazing piece of work. I That's one I definitely want to show you, Claire. What about Bong, Bong the Living Dead? <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Bong of the Living Dead is a movie where a bunch of stoners have to survive a zombie apocalypse. And you know what? That's a pretty good comedy, too. Bubba Hotep, is that, does that count as a zombie movie? Because it's basically a zombie of a mummy. You know, that gets into kind of a definitional thing. Are mummies zombies? I don't think so. I think zombie, like, so in Bubba Hotep, there's just the one mummy. In a zombie movie, it's not, the, the threat of the zombie is not one zombie. The threat of the zombie it's is how, yeah, one zombie turns into a city full of zombies. Um, and the terror of being overwhelmed by something that is not you. Fear of the other is a major part of the zombie experience. Is Zombieland the same one as where the two sisters make a pretend thing, and then they're like, right before they shoot the gun, the sister is like, I want to shoot my sister, and then they turn around. Is that Zombieland? Okay. I was thinking that that was like a different movie. That's their hustle is that they pretend that the sister's been bit. I just need to shoot my sister so that it's me that kills her and she doesn't turn into a zombie. And then the guy gives them the gun and then they rob the guy because he gave them their gun, which never do in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Not, could, could, wouldn't advise it. Wouldn't be prudent. Shouldn't do it. Um, is there anything that we haven't talked about, Shaun of the Dead, that you want to share before we get out of here? Oh, uh, mom is raising her hand. It's I, not a classroom. I, I, well, I'm a teacher. This is how I get attention. I have something if Claire doesn't. Okay, go. Okay, she's staring at me expectantly. Um, the music. Sure. I love the music in Shaun of the Dead. Um, and some of it is score in the background, but but the climax scene set to Queen's Don't Stop Me Now is absolutely fantastic. And yeah, I, think, I love that scene. Yeah, where they're like, where like, um, Ed is trying to turn off the thing, and then they're all fighting the zombies. Yep. And it's kind of like and they a start scene. fighting in tune to the rhythm. Yeah. Having a Just, good time. Yep. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. That kind of reminds me of another movie I watched, Descendants Three, where one of the scenes is Nightfalls, and it's basically about where the main characters plus three other characters are fighting. But they're fighting in tune to the music that's playing in the background, which is something that I kind of thought that would like kind of like be similar to this. And that's exactly what came to mind as soon as I heard them with like fighting with the pool cues to mm-hmm. the music. That's exactly the, my first thought that came to mind. Do you want to know a really fancy word for what it means when the characters can hear the music that you're also hearing? Mm-hmm. It's called diegetic. So it's it's a really big fancy word. That, that sounds bas- like diet. It is. It, it it does kind of sound like that. But diegetic music is music that the characters can hear and respond to. So when they're beating up the owner of the Winchester with the pool cues, listening to Queen, that's diegetic music. When your mom was talking about some of the score and some of the editing that um, Edgar Wright does to specific clips of music that nobody can hear, non diegetic music. So you just file that away in your brain for technical terms. But I think that that scene in Shaun of the Dead and basically the entire film of Anne and the Apocalypse 
they really work beautifully for me. I like comedy in my zombie movies, and sure. apparently I like fun music in my zombie movies. I need something to relieve the tension periodically because it's really <laughs> scary for me. I love zombie movies, and I hate zombie movies because they scare me in a way that no other film you does. You didn't point out the other Excuse one that's me. up here, by the way. The Battery is a zombie movie. Oh, The Battery. How could we forget The Battery? Your dad and I loved it. Well, Claire hasn't seen The Battery. Claire has not seen The Battery. I've been reluctant oh. to show it to her because of that one scene in the car where Ooh, the yeah. zombie gets shot. I'm not sure how to explain that. What about Murder Made Easy? Uh, not a zombie movie. Okay. That kind of sounds like one, though. <laughs> yeah, kind of. So Wait, I have one more thing. Okay. Going back to when like Sean is just going about his day and doesn't even realize about the zombies and he's sure. like walking home, that kind of reminds me of when Anna and the boy and her so-called boyfriend finger quotes mm-hmm. um we're doing the dance and they put on their headphones and we're doing that favorite song and mm-hmm. they were just dancing through all the zombies not even noticing it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the beginning when that's I was... an example of diegetic music yeah yeah because they can hear it that kind of reminds me of other movies too when they're like working and then they have the headphones on but you can hear the music that's in the headphones and then as they're taking off the headphones, the music tones out yeah one of my favorite things in movies is when you are watching somebody like go to somewhere or something like that and you're hearing this music and you think it's stuff that they can't hear um, and then they walk into a place like I watched a movie where somebody's driving down the road and you're listening to this music and then they go and walk into a bar and as soon as they open the door to the bar you realize you've been listening to the live music that's happening at the bar the entire time like I love uh, when oh, they kind of play with that something else isn't it Oh, yeah, that's something like else. Yeah, I love that car, scene. Like you else. didn't even realize that they were turning on the radio. Exactly, exactly. Um, all right, well, so I think that's uh, more than enough for Shaun of the Dead. I'm glad that you enjoyed it very much. One thing that we didn't talk about was one of my favorite scenes, like the car scene where they're riding along and then Phil turns into the zombie. Oh, there's nothing of that man that you used to love and then he turns off the radio. <laughs> that That kills me every time seen that movie a million times and off. i keep laughing every time and the mom tr- and then the mom turns it back on and then they slam the do- car door shut and then like the music is still playing in the car and all this honestly i kind of feel like that's another one of those payoff things where all the zombies crowd around the car and then they start taking their shortcut uh-huh. i kind of feel like that's what they're i f- kind of feel like that was their plan all along <laughs> like if phil were to turn into a zombie in the car which they knew was going to happen they were going to turn on the music, attract all the zombies, and then cut through the backyards. I mean, that sounds like a plan Sean would come up with. It does. But I think I think more likely what it is is the plan that Edgar Wright would come up with. Because, as your dad was saying, in Edgar Wright's movies, which Shaun of the Dead is the only one you've seen, we got to show you um, Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. I think you're a little young for World's End, but um, Hot Fuzz for sure. I think I asked Daddy to watch Hot Fuzz once, and he said um, no. I would not have said no to that. No, yeah. That doesn't sound like dad. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, So that's Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Coming up next week, uh, I don't think we have a specific title picked out just yet, uh, but we're going to watch a camp movie. I have one in mind that I think that we're going to watch. I was hoping Shark movie now would be like, dad, dad, while you're talking, like just just quietly. You don't do anything quietly, Claire. (laughs) Yeah, not so much. I mean, you could do the Dada's quietly if you want. I would prefer you not, but uh, either way. Uh, but no, so the, I have a, a, a camp horror comedy picked out um, that I think will be good. And we can use that to also talk about your experience at Sleepaway Camp this year, which I'm excited to share with everybody. 
and then after that, I think we're going to finally move into our Universal Horror Monsters project, which I'm really excited about. So, all right. Uh, if you don't already follow the podcast, you can find Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures at B-A-C-E-A Podcasts on Twitter. Uh, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're on TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts now. Uh, if you could go over and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that'd be a huge help to us. That's the kind of support that only listeners like you can provide. Five, five stars. Please. Yeah, always five stars. Come on. We're doing great, guys. We're working hard for you. There's a lot of work that goes into this stuff. Um, And I think that'll do it for this time. So until next time. Peace out. If you want to have a good time, just give me can't see my buttons because of the power oh, at first i thought you were gonna say you can't see your butt and i was like what? <laughs> i'm sitting on my butt of course I can't. why do you need to see your butt <laughs>